Thank you. You may be seated. Well, let's let's take some time to pray. Lord, we we come before you recognizing that um, we need you dearly and desperately. And um, thankfully, as we walk with you, we can be filled with your spirit and and more sensitive to your leading. But Lord, oftentimes we're still caught uh, off guard and in a world where there's a lot of pain and suffering. But while we do this, help us to commit ourselves to you who are faithful and you who are perfect and help us to continue to do good and to... Uh, be aware and awake as to those who are in need, whom we can step in and encourage and strengthen. Lord, while this is a, a day where we can celebrate it, it can also be a day of great heartache. And so I just ask that you would, you would just encourage and strengthen those who, who uh, are missing loved ones who have passed on. We ask, Lord, that you would uh, guide and direct uh, us as we look to your word and help us to fully understand its, its application and that what you've given us in your word is good for us to follow. Help us to know how to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to turn again to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. And uh, last week we had started to look at what evil is. And if you missed last week, uh, I'd encourage you to go and view it on the website, where, on, our, on our website, where you can see the slides as well. And we basically started by defining evil, and, and I'd like to go the opposite way. If you notice the title there, I want you to consider what is good what does good mean? And, and so when we look at the, the dictionary, online Merriam-Webster dictionary, it says uh, that good is to be desired or approved of a good quality of life. Uh, the second definition is having the qualities required for a particular role. Uh, the schools here are good. The third one is possessing or displaying moral virtue. I've met, uh, for instance, I've met many good people who made me feel ashamed of my own shortcomings. That's their illustration there. As a noun, the first definition is that which is morally right, righteousness, or benefit of or advantage to someone or something. And so, Another one, morally excellent, virtuous, worthy. And so good is the opposite of evil. Remember that God created everything, right? I already gone into this earlier in, in the creation week. Everything that he created, he saw that it was good. It was perfect, right? And then I mentioned Genesis 2.18, the only thing that, that lacked in his creation week is that it was not good for man to be alone, so God made a helper or helpmeet who was suitable for him. And then they sent. 
We don't know how long the time frame was there. But as Norman Geisler uh, says in If God, Why Evil, evil is a privation or corruption of a good thing. And so good could also be perfect, complete. So morally excellent is a good definition. And now we come to Mother's Day. It's upon us. And it's fascinating this week, the conversations that possibly, I don't know, there's a lot of things that I've missed in the news, but this is something that I've been very aware of. It is fascinating to see the attack, the evil attack upon womanhood and motherhood. The argument by those with evil intent is that those who are created to nurture life have an enemy within them that they should have a right to extinguish. They have a living enemy at times. That's how they kind of explain it. That's not their words, but that's how it plays out, right? That it's not a good thing. And they should be able to make the choice. And the reality is what we see that, the, that so far in what was leaked that the judges said the Constitution does not deal with this. It goes back to the states. Roe v. Wade was wrong. So was the other court case. And so states have a right to make the decision. And so the, even if this is what is upheld, there still will be a debate. And in Nebraska, we know that they kind of kicked the can down the road. It did not pass a law to protect life within a womb. And I want you to understand that while we love each individual woman who has come to the conclusion that this is something that they should do for their life and have done it in the past, that we love them and God loves them and there is forgiveness, right? And we want to help them make a right decision. I do believe it is very, very evil for those who are saying they have the right to make that decision. It is evil. It is a destruction of life when we look at the Bible. And so the discussion is, well, if we don't get the choice, well, the choice was already made, right? And now the choice is to choose life. And what God has created a woman to do is to nurture and to protect life. That's how God has created her. It's created you. Whether you have children, whether you will ever have children or not. God has created you to be a nurturer of life, not a destroyer of life, ladies. And the same goes for men. We are to protect life. And so we have a right in this discussion, biblically, to stand up and protect life of all ages, within or without the womb. Outside the womb or within the womb, that is. But it's fascinating as we come towards Mother's Day, and the other attack is in the sense that, well, we'll say Mother's Day, but it is, can also be called Happy Pregnant Person's Day, right? That is evil. To lose a biblical perspective or twist and pervert scientific descriptions of who or what a woman is. It is evil. It is a privation of what is good. 
It is a destruction or perversion of what is good. And what is good is to love all life equally. What is evil is to extinguish that life. And so here we come to Mother's Day, and I want to challenge you to see what the Bible says is good. And we're going to look not just at moms, but all women, okay? Not just wives, and really that's what this is pointing out to, a man of of high esteem, a man of, of good wealth, and really even a king here, if we look at this passage and we look at Proverbs and how he's talking to his son at different times, because you'll look at verse 1, the words of King Lemuel of, of the oracle, which is his, what, which his mother taught him, pardon me. And then we come down to verse 10. And so for men, we're to say, oh, this is a good woman. This is describing a good woman. And if you're not yet married, this is what you look for, okay? Right? And ladies, this is something that is good, right? Young girls, it is good to be someone who can say, yes, this is kind of where I'm headed. This, is, this can describe me in some sense. And I know we're not all perfect. And wives, absolutely, this is applicable for you. And so... As we look, begin here, when we see a woman who is very biblical in what she seeks to do, she is priceless. And really, all women are priceless, regardless. But a good woman in your life is priceless. And so, to be a good woman, it is priceless. And, and so, in the Hebrew, when we come to verse 10... We see in the Hebrew that it's an acrostic. That is, it starts out with their Greek le- or their Hebrew letter, which would be first in their Hebrew alphabet. For us, it would be A. Okay? And it goes on down. And so we know that they memorize this, right? And so I thought I would try to do it in the acrostic way, okay? So... Bear with me as we go through these points. Uh, would you click the next slide for me, Josh? It's off. We need to see in verse 10 and 12, there's awesome, there are awesome attributes or they need to have awesome attributes. Here's some awesome attributes, okay? In verse 10 through 12. An excellent wife who can find for her worth as far above jewels the heart of her husband. Trust in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does, not, does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, I'm not going to dig deep into every aspect of this, so we're just going to kind of do a bare bones uh, look at this passage. So in verse 10, I thought it would be good to say godly character is priceless, right? And that's really what we're seeing with this awesome attributes of this woman in this Proverbs 31 woman. She has a godly character, which is priceless. Her worth is of greater value than jewels or rubies. And with her economy the way that it is, you want to figure out a way to invest. Invest in the women of your life, men. Women, if you want to find a good way to be investing, invest in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we look at this economy and we're saying, oh man, they inflation, right? There are many people who are saying, I'm not going to invest in anything. They're just holding on to their cash even though inflation is getting worse. 
But what can we invest in? Really, we can invest in what is eternal and godly character, spiritual maturity. And so you women, you who love Jesus, you are priceless. So do not let anyone ever tell you otherwise. And the question is, do you love him? Are you growing in him? Secondly, one of our awesome attributes in this passage here is that she's trustworthy. Verse 11 and 12. She's trustworthy. She's trustworthy in first that she seeks good. She seeks to obey God. Remember, evil is to choose otherwise. That was another definition last week of evil, is to choose otherwise. That is otherwise other than what God had intended, what God wants, what God desires, what will glorify God. So they, Adam and Eve, chose to do otherwise, and they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So do not choose to do otherwise. Choose to follow Jesus. Choose to do things His way. Choose to do what the Bible says. She seeks good, seeks to invest in others. She is trustworthy to her husband. She seeks to be that help her husband needs. And wives, you could probably say, yeah, my husband needs a lot of help, right? No? But she's wise. She wisely contributes to the family. She seeks to do what is right. She helps to make good decisions. She loves to help through work. And we could speak more about her awesome attributes, attributes, but we can also can all recognize that someone who loves God and is is maturing in Him will have wisdom and be trustworthy. A woman like this is priceless. Wearsby says, "Wise is the husband who recognizes his wife's strengths and lets her compensate for his weakness." And so, when we come into this, the next couple of verses, we find. Oh, priceless woman has beautiful benefits. Okay, A, B, acrostic, right? All right. Verse 13 through 19, follow along as I read here. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. Ooh, how many of you like to work with delight? She is like, a, like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it from her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. She is a hard worker. She manages the home. And here we have a picture, remember? Someone such as a king, it is a household to manage. Not just children here, but we have servants. We have a large estate, a picture of this, right? And so there's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of work. But first and foremost, we find in this passage that she is indeed a worker. And we know that men, we are, we are commanded to provide for our wives and our families. And it's not just... Uh, physical provision, but also spiritual provision. But here, women, it is good to work. And remember, Adam and Eve, when they were created, they were working before they sinned. It's a good thing. Amen? It's a good thing to work. But after the fall, it was harder because of the curse. But we are to be people 
who are engaged in wise work. Not just work for work's sake, but that we are wise in what we do. We are wise in where we spend our time. We are wise in that we see it's not just for material gain, but for the eternal kingdom, for eternal life. Not just our own, but others. The woman described here is someone married to a wealthy man again. And so this is a big operation. And so there's a lot that needs to be done. And so whether you have a family or not, know that you have responsibilities that you should be engaged in. Be proactive. And so this woman, even though she had great responsibilities, she performed her tasks well and even enjoyed doing them. Sometimes that's the hardest thing. (laughs) And so not only was she a worker, but we could say she was industrious. Industrious. Or an entrepreneur, even. Productive. So a good woman is, is someone who is a good worker, and they're industrious in all that they do. She has beautiful benefits. And I know that God has gifted each one of you in different ways. And so first and foremost, responsibility for all of us, not just ladies, not just you young girls, is to seek after the Lord and to know what He is calling you to do. Third, a priceless woman has courageous charity. Courageous charity. That is, in verse 20. And really, we could have gone on past verse 19 to down to 28 or 29. But verse 20, I thought we should just look at this separately. She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. That is, she recognizes... Um, the need, sorry. She recognizes the needs that are there. You have to have your eyes open. You have to be able to be a person that's looking around about you, not just concerned about your own life. And then she helps those in need. Ephesians 4.28 Ephesians 4.28 says, He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. In Ephesians 4.28, men and women, we are to be engaged in work, not just to provide for our families so that we can help those in need. Hebrews 13.16. Hebrews 13.16 says, And do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And yes, I know that life can be extremely difficult. Sometimes the best way to get out of depression or to get over a deep wound or immense heartache is to be engaged in helping others. And I know it may not take those emotions, those feelings, that difficulty away, and it's still, you still may have it lingering in the shadows even as you help others, but it will 
will be a benefit to you and to others. And it does have eternal significance. Much we do here in this world, if it is not done for the glory of God, has no eternal significance. Let's seek to do things that have eternal significance. But I believe we have good women in our church, amen? Few amens, all right. Husbands, let me say that again. I think we have some good women in our church, amen? Amen. All right, there we go. I want to challenge all of you to be ready to do good, to recognize needs, and to do good deeds. And we should always ask ourselves, what is truly beautiful? 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10. 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10 says, Likewise, likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. What makes you beautiful? Are you engaged in following Jesus Christ? Doing good works? And I know you cannot, this does not mean that you forsake everything else and all you're doing is good works for others. No, when we look at this passage, she's taking care of her home life, her family, the things that she has first responsibilities to. And then, seeking to follow the Lord Jesus Christ or the Lord God here in the Old Testament to do what is right, to help those in need, to do good works. I do not believe that you have to sacrifice your family to engage in the calling that God has given you. If that happens, I believe you're not following God's calling. A priceless woman also has a dedicated disposition. There we go. How are we doing? A, B, C, D. All right? Dedicated disposition, and really, again, verse 21 through 27, we could have probably threw back there with the beautiful benefits, but we also see that there's a dedicated disposition, pretty much interchangeable, aren't they, here in these descriptions? 21. Verse 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. You know, just just for all of us here, um, my hope and prayer is as we look at our economy that uh, agriculturally we'll do well, but I think we're gonna we're headed for uh, a struggle economically. And one of the questions that we all should have is how to invest in the future financially. But I want to encourage you that even if we make the wrong decisions and we lose money because things go wrong, (laughs) we are also people who should, and if we are, we will be engaged in investing spiritually for our eternal future 
And regardless of how much money comes in at the end of our lives or how much money we're making or whatever, we have not wasted our time. So strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. I do not believe it's just about, hey, we're going to have a comfortable future. But are our children following the Lord? Have a, are my brothers and sisters seeking after Christ? Is my church family growing spiritually as well numerically? Verse 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So I think we can say she prepares wisely We look at verse 25. You know, behind every great man is a greater woman. And so the question is, um, are you filling the gaps, those of you who are married, and helping your husband in the areas where he needs your help? Not only that, Not only does she wisely prepare, but in that wise preparation, she is a wise teacher. And so we go back to 26, and we see that she is engaged in raising up children who know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, if you're an aunt or a grandma or a mom with little ones still at the home, and you're engaged and you're investing in the lives of those children, That is the greatest thing that you could be doing. Okay? And I know as grandmas or aunts that you may not have as much of an opportunity or even as someone who is engaged in in young, you know, helping young kids to grow whether they're related to you or not is one of the greatest things that we can do is raise up kids who know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we willing to pay a great price to do that? And it's not just for the ladies here. Men, are we being spiritual leaders to raise up children? Verse 26, she's teaching these children. She's teaching them wisdom. And one of the aspects that people lose in our culture today is kindness. <laughs> kindness. Are we people that show grace? Are we people that know when to remain silent and listen and not respond out of anger? Are we teaching kids to be gracious, loving children of God? And we all benefit from from women who have a dedicated disposition. That is a woman who has wisdom and shares it lovingly. Wisdom is not manipulative. It's not manipulative. But a wise woman is respected and honored by her household and others. That type of woman who has this dedicated disposition is priceless. We cannot put a price upon or value upon how important that is. Fifth, with our acronyms, we come to E, effectively eulogize. Now you're like, oh wait, uh, 
You mean at the funeral? Well, eulogy really is to write out or say something in length and detail about the benefits or blessings or good qualities of another person, okay? That is, she is respected again. We come to that. She is respected. Um, Look at verse 28 and 29. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. So when we look at this passage, we see that that the family recognizes it, many people recognize it. I think we can look around and say, hey, that person really loves the Lord. And maybe they're quiet. Maybe we recognize it. We don't know how deeply uh, mature or how special they are because they may be a silent person. But I could say, I believe that we could look at people within our congregation and say, yes, there's someone who loves the Lord. And within your own home, do they rise up? Would they say, yes, we greatly respect her because she is a wise, intelligent, loving, and kind woman? Um, I think it's also important for us husbands, us fathers, to show that respect to our wives and teach our children to respect our wives. I'm not saying I'm do, I do a very good job. Sometimes the mom is very, very noble, very mature, very wise, and a family has gone off the other end because the father is not a spiritual leader. But here we see that this 30, Proverbs 31 woman is well-respected and she is praised by her family. And I want to challenge you children today... Tell your mom you love her and thank your mom for all that she does, okay? In the middle of an argument with your mom this week, stop and say, Mom, I'm sorry, and I love you, and you're right. Okay, kids? All right. But eulogy, again, it's not just for funerals. Are you telling your mom, are you telling the people in your life even, not just the ladies in your life, are you telling them how important they are to you? Are you focusing in and saying, hey, I see these good qualities within you. Today is a great day to begin that. Tell your loved ones what they mean to you. Tell your wife and those around them through your words and actions that they are priceless to you. Finally, Let's end here. The foundation is faith. Look up 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Really, verse 30, we see that first and foremost, that this Proverbs 31 woman, she loves the Lord first. Do you want wisdom? I think all of us do. Right? Do you love the Lord above all else? Do you have an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? That is, do you spend time in the Word and are you spending time in prayer with Him daily? Hourly? Are you sensitive to the leading of His Holy Spirit in your life? Again, do you know what lasts? You know, the U.S. dollar isn't 
seeming like it's lasting very well. I don't mean to spread doom and gloom, okay? We, things can change, I know, okay? The United States, I mean, we look at prophecy. Where is the United States in the future? I don't know. It's not there. I don't see it. But who is? God. God is in the future. God is here now. God does not change. Do you know what lasts? Are you focused on the eternal? And if you are, then you will gain and grow in a godly character. Right? The foundation is your faith. And if you want to grow, spend time in the Word and with the Lord. Do what God says. Love to live for Him. A foundational faith in Jesus is essential so that you live for what really matters and you can recognize what matters. So all of us, ladies, moms, women, young girls, are you shooting for these attributes? Men and boys, are you, do you, those who are unmarried, are you seeking a wife like this, one who loves Jesus more than anything else? Men, do you love your wife and are you helping her by being a spiritual leader? Are you helping your sisters? Boys, do you show love to your sisters? Or sister? Sisters, right? Do you care about and respect each other? Help each other? The best way to do that is by following Jesus, right? Even in the midst of the hard times. Especially during the good times, follow Jesus. Just looking at these flowers, right? We can see the beauty of a flower, right? I don't know how they smell. But we have a gift for you moms. If your wife isn't here, if you go ahead and grab one, okay? But, you know... We should look at this flower and say, oh, that's beautiful. We need to look at all the women in our lives, men, and say they're beautiful, and we want to invest in their life and help them to grow. And ladies, continue to pursue Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would guide and direct us as, as oh, first and foremost, you know, we're all sons and daughters here, not only of you, but our earthly parents. Um. Some of us have our our parents have passed away. Lord, help us to be people who are growing in you, willing to live for you in a way that will point um, others to you, but also will bring honor to our parents. First and foremost, honor and glory to you, though. Uh, parents here today, Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom and direction as they raise their children. It can be very difficult, and sometimes uh, the good days end up being bad days because things just don't go quite the way we want it. But we know you're working in us, and so help us to have a godly attitude through those times, willing to 
to follow you even when we're so upset and frustrated, especially as parents. Lord, help us uh, to see that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to know how to be there for one another. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to be very sensitive to your leading in all things. We ask your blessing upon the moms here today, that you would encourage and strengthen them. Um, Bless them, Lord. I know there are so many things that we want to be able to control, and the best parents, mothers, and fathers oftentimes can have the worst things happen. So, Lord, I pray that you would give uh, those who are struggling with that peace that surpasses all understanding as we continue to keep our eyes on you, focused on glorifying you and how we we live and raise uh, up our children and encourage one another to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So ladies, I do encourage you to go ahead and grab one of these. Um, We have plenty of them up here. Uh, If you don't have kids and you're a grown lady, you're an adult lady, uh, you can probably take one as well. I think we have enough, right? We have 32 or 30 of them. So, all right. Um, and I know a, a final prayer request, you know, just continue to pray uh, for the one that we said had passed away. I'm not sure if she is yet or not. Uh, so we've had a couple of different things, but it doesn't look good. But we thank the Lord that she, she is a believer and the family knows the Lord. But keep them in your prayers, okay? All right, let's pray for the offering. Can we have young men come forward for the offering this morning? Actually, men, stay still. I'm going to have young, any young girls want to come up and take the offering for us this morning. Okay. So if we can have one, one on each side going down here and one on each side over here, okay. We got it? People help you, okay? All right. Uh, Joe, would you pray for the offering?